0: Butler, I love a good game night. Then Field, you're in luck, because I've got a game for you.
1: Marvel Dice Throne is a fast and fun board game for all ages. That's right. Each player selects one of eight heroes to face off in a head-to-head battle to see who earns the right to take the throne. Gameplay involves strategically rolling dice to activate special abilities,
0: playing unique hero cards to manipulate results, and upgrading your hero board to power up your
1: stats. This is currently being crowdfunded on Kickstarter and will have Kickstarter exclusives. Go there now to reserve your copy. Ladies and gentlemen. Behind you. I'm behind you. I am right behind you. Don't be scared. I just want to play a game with you. If you don't come play with me, and we will kill you.
0: <laughs> Every episode we do is just a lead up to forgotten. <laughs> <laughs>
1: she clearly stirred her coffee with her glasses <laughs> he was like what are
0: you doing? <laughs> do, 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 boop, boop. No, yeah. This is not jazz dude. All <laughs> <laughs> like, eat it I like feel a They're like, like motorboarding the nets. Yeah.
1: Keep it spooky, y'all. Hi, I'm Mike Field. And I'm Mike Butler. And you're now entering the world of the macabre, where no one will save you as you bleed out. Welcome to Forgotten Horror, our final episode this year. Each episode, we'll discuss a film that was forgotten by audiences. Perhaps they were too busy running from feral vampires on the snowy tundra. Maybe they accidentally drank a vial of slime and became Satan personified. Or maybe they're just having nightmares after reading a few good books. We'll discuss what we love about the movie or perhaps don't love about it, but we'll always recommend you revisit it. If you're not too scared of our podcast, like Jessica, we want to hear from you. We're on Instagram and Facebook. Find us or we'll find you. Our podcast is available on all platforms for your listening displeasure. And it's over, Butler. Forgotten Horror has ended. I feel like you always love when it ends. I don't know. six sick I, son of them. A- uh, Everything dies, butler. (laughs) What are we doing this week for our final episode of our third annual Forgotten Horror? Woo! What is with the woos? uh,
0: It's the third annual. I think that's kind of exciting.
1: (laughs) We are doing 1971's Let's Scare
0: Jessica to Death. A recently institutionalized woman has bizarre experiences after moving into a supposedly haunted country farmhouse and fears she may be losing her sanity once again.
1: (laughs) That's it. Oh, that's it. That's yeah, it? I think it's an all right of the synopsis. All right, sure. It's straight and to the point, and it didn't get anything wrong, which they usually <laughs> Didn't get anything wrong. All right. That's good. No good. All right. So Let's Scare Jessica to Death has a runtime of 89 minutes. It's rated GP. So real quickly, GP was the old rating that the MPAA used, and it replaced the M rating. Uh, GP means suggested for general audiences, but parental guidance is advised. Now, this was replaced in 1972. Because a lot of people mistook it that it meant general patronage. So this GP rating is only used from 1970 until 72 when the PG rating was was concocted and replaced it. Huh. So a little, 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 little background there on the uh, Ooh, GP rating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Has a production budget of, depends on where you look, 180000 to $250,000. Uh, its release date was Friday, August 27th, 1971, as Butler said. Uh, its opening weekend, it did $47,000. And then I have nothing else after that. There's no other... I could not find any other... How much it made total or or in general, like domestic or worldwide. I don't think it had a huge, huge release. Now, remember, with movies back in the 70s and 80s, they really don't have a... There's a wide release for a film would be not even a wide release where it is now, which is like 3,400 screens or something like that. Right. So you're not going to get a lot of big numbers anyways back then. And this is an indie film, so definitely not going to get that. Uh, the production company is The Jessica Company, which was probably just made for this movie. And they're distributed by Paramount Pictures. Now, there's nothing else. To, I'm going to give you some movie releases that are around this time, but nothing came out at the same time it, this movie did. Um, you had on the 27th of September, which is a full month behind. Uh, excuse me. Uh, uh, yeah, a full month ahead. No, not ahead. A full month uh, after this film. Is The Trojan Woman. October 1st, you had A Safe Place. Before the 27th of August, when this movie came out, you had the 18th of August, which was Fool's Parade, and then The Panic in Needle Park on July 13th. So I'm sure many people probably know about The Panic in Needle Park. But other than that, I bet you no one's ever heard of those other films, unless uh, you're much nope. older than I am. <laughs> <laughs> so you had directed by John Hancock, who did Bang the Drum Slowly, Weeds, Prancer, and he was a, a nominated for an Academy Award for a short film for Sticky My Fingers, Fleet my feet. Uh, it was also written by Hancock and Lee Kalchim, uh, but they actually have the writing credits are different for some reason. So they use a different writing credit. So Hancock is credited as Ralph Rose, and then Kalchim is credited as Norman Jones. I don't know. I couldn't find out why they did that. Ralph Rose. Yeah. No. So Hancock has written, uh, actually, one of the other movies he wrote was Weeds. That's the one he did. Kalchim has done uh, Blood of the Iron Maiden and the TV show Something Wilder. Cinematography by Robert Baldwin, who has done Frankenhooker, Basket Case 2, and McBain, for, among, amongst other films. Composer was uh, Orville Stober, who did *Weeds*, Suspended Animation, and The Looking Glass. Edited by Murray Solomon. Excuse me, Murray Solomon. He did Diary of the Dead, Stigma, and has an uncredited uh, credit, I guess, for The Godfather. Uh, it says New York, so I'm wondering if he just did some of the New York stuff. Well, yeah, whatever. or maybe he maybe they just edited a little bit in the city, who knows? They really couldn't find anything on that. and produced by Charles B. Moss Jr. who did Diary of the Dead and Stigma. Uh, not a big cast. You had uh, Zaru Lamper as Jessica. uh she's in Stanley and Iris. She was also in The Exorcist Three, and she won an Emmy for her role for a guest role on the TV show Kojak. Barton Heyman is Duncan. He's in the, the first Exorcist. He's also in Cruisin', I, uh, the Al Pacino film. I uh, watched that. It's very good. And The Secret of My Success. I, don't, I couldn't figure out which one he was in, The Secret of My Success. I, I think he's one of the guys. One of the one of the. Yeah. Is he maybe the guy that couldn't run on the rooftop? No, that care. guy is in other stuff. Okay. I, I, uh, I don't think so. Kevin O'Connor is Woody. He's in the TV show The Doctors. He's also in The Brinks Job. In It's Alive 3, Island of the Alive. Have you ever seen any It's Alive movies? no yeah i've seen the first one and i didn't realize there was three but um it's like <sighs> trying to think, no it's a horror film yeah but it's like the, the poster i believe not no i'm thinking a basket case that's with the basket and it's bloody but it's alive i think was with the baby uh the the bassinet i believe that was i'm on it it's a bassinet yeah yeah it's just black and white the hand sticking out yeah it's yeah a it's a hand <laughs> well they did three of them uh, gretchen corbett as the girl she's in the tv show the rockford files she's also in pig well, i just saw that with nicholas cage i believe she's the older woman in pig who goes and who sells uh, the mushrooms uh, you didn't see it so you don't know what i'm talking yeah, continue. about continue but <laughs> i see watch pig it's really good the other side of the mountain and she also in the other side of the mountain part two uh alan manson as sam dorker unfortunate name there the devil's advocate <laughs> the doors and cafe society and then uh, Marie Claire Costello as Emily. She's an ordinary people, indecent proposal, and in the TV show The Waltons. All right. So the reason why this is on the list is because last year when we were doing, well, I guess it was around October when a lot of the other podcasters were doing horror, horror films. This movie kept coming up that people were watching, and and uh, and I I never heard of it before. Um, and then I realized, and then I looking into it a little bit. It was I, I didn't realize that it was a movie that was shot on location in the state that we're in right now, Connecticut, uh, our home state, obviously. So I I put it on the list because I just wanted something that maybe I hadn't seen before, and that it was, it's almost like a a group think suggestion where people are like, oh, this movie's good, oh, this movie's good. I'll put it on the list. Why not? Sure. Um. So this was the first time I had ever watched it, and I know it's the first time you had ever watched it, right? right. And there's not that many films of that we've done where that has happened. Yeah. Uh, true. True. Um. So for people that are in the Connecticut area, just give you a real. Up there. It was shot on location, East Haddam, Chester, Essex, and Old Saybrook, um, both inside and out. I believe they shot at the Dickinson house. Um, the, I know the, the outdoor the inside, house is different than the inside house. I know the inside is the Dickinson house, and it's they also used it as their staging area as well. So they just the kind of- Bishop house is
0: the exterior. Okay. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Yep. yeah. Uh, so yeah. So for those in that area, that so this movie was shot there. <laughs> um, this is a primarily New York crew. Uh, this is obviously Hancock did a lot of stuff on stage in the city. So a lot of these people he's worked with that, you know, when they, they started doing the movie, um, I don't know what that was. Uh, so I guess real quick, I don't know. I'm trying to think like, what's the first thing that you start watching the movie Yep. and what's the first thing you're thinking? The music sucks. Whoa, 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 whoa. The music is bad. Did you not
0: like this film? Uh, no, I did not like it. Really? I did not like it at all. Okay. All right. Um,
1: the music is bad. That was the first thing. I came to. Well, it's, <laughs> well, it's the seventies right after the sixties, uh, you know, have ended. So you're going to get that style of music. Oh, well, I get you know the, what I mean? p- the evil, yeah. evil
0: dead started with the same creepy. Piano, sure.
1: Sure. But it was a much better
0: tune. This, this is like out of tune and just not good. And it's not even like trying to be creepy. It's just, it's, it's a bad song. Okay. <laughs> I did notice that in the, the very first shot, which is the end of the film, which is bookended for some reason, the water is going at a high speed.
1: Oh, maybe that's just
0: which I thought was a little odd. That was the first thing. That was the first thing I noticed before the the music.
1: See, the first thing I noticed was that I actually thought that it looked really nice. Like, like the shot. It's like a lot of older films sometimes don't hold up in terms visually. Maybe either the film print or just in general the look of the movie. But I actually thought that it had a lot of. It looked good. It looked like it didn't feel like a 71 film. You know, it maybe felt like in maybe an 80, 85 film, like in 1985. I didn't, I didn't think oh, it was that bad. No, it really? old. I mean, no, I will say no, I didn't find that the camera work. And then I do
0: like their, their use of color in the film is really nice, but it looks like a 1970s. Film. Oh, it looks like a 1970s horror film with less boobs and uh, sex in it. But less it's that boobs. same, it's that same kind of almost exploitation horror film look. Okay. Um, but they do play with color in a really cool way. Mm-hmm. And even though they're on location all the time, I think it the use of color does make it look a little less independent. Okay. And also you're in upstate Connecticut, which is a very picturesque and, and nice location. So even though it's a haunted area, it's it looks nice. I also enjoyed the fact that it's a horror film
1: about quasi vampires well but it's he, all yeah light. it's very few night shots well that well there's a lot of day for night in the movie yeah. definitely um that was the one thing i did know going in that uh, that uh it was about a vampire uh and i know that the original script so the original script was written by Kalchim, lee Kalchim, and it was actually titled it drinks hippie blood and the original story is about a group of hippies camping on the cove and they're attacked by a creature that lives in the water so that was the script and it was supposed to be a satire would have been a much better movie. <laughs> and then Hancock took the script, rewrote it and, and he gave it a more serious and darker tone. Now, I don't know if Hancock purposely did this, but the movie has a lot of similarities to the 1871 novel Carmilla. I did see that yep. by Joseph Sheridan Lafanu. And that that book is about a female vampire named Carmela who influences a young woman. And it deals with a lot of kind of the idea of vampirism, a kind of idea of lesbian vampirism and stuff like that. But that book, the 1871 novel, predates the Bram Stoker's Dracula, I believe, by a few months. I'm not sure. Maybe not a few months, maybe a couple of years, but is the rumor or whatever that some people think that that book inspired Stoker when he wrote Dracula. Dracula. So I thought that was interesting that you're kind of, you've kind of got this almost the, the Dracula influenced book also comes into play here. And I know that there's also, there's also some references to, I think the turning of a screw. I'm not sure I think that's right. I think that's right. I'm not sure. I don't know why I have that. Don't have that down there. So I did like the idea of what, influenced the movie um but like i said going in i didn't realize it was about a vampire you know what i mean i didn't either
0: the synopsis i had read quickly online made it sound like a slightly different movie whereas like you didn't know if she was being played with or not
1: yeah after her yeah i synopsis i read was way different there was a there was a stuff i read i don't know if it was for this when we, for this viewing but maybe when i heard of the movie right i think it was when we were putting it on the list it was like the it was like a group of friends are trying to you trick know Jessica trick yeah sort of thing. yeah and and obviously that's completely not what it's about so that was a little a little a little weird i didn't understand that. so maybe that's what confused me going into the movie um this is one of Stephen King's favorite horror films butler which i think is odd although I've I've read a lot of notes where it goes. This is what I'm Stephen King. Well, he like he watches a lot of a lot of stuff. Obvious, you know, yeah. he's into a lot of that stuff. So I mean, I but I don't see. I don't think it's. I know you I said think, you don't like it. I it's think bad. there are great ideas in this movie, right. but this
0: is a bad movie. <laughs> oh, I think man. there is, is very little well, that I enjoy about the actual film and the acting and the story and the way that it's shot, or that's not the way it's shot, but the way it's all put together. Right. Uh, but I do think the ideas are really well done. I think that it's it's an interesting idea. I think this could be remade, uh, especially today where things like mental health are taken more seriously. Sure. And are given more of a spotlight. I think it deals with, obviously she's got schizophrenia. Obviously. That's uh, the whole no, she doesn't have schizophrenia. That holds the whole thing because the voices in her head, are they real or not? Are And the, the way the voices are talking are very similar to like what schizophrenic patients describe schizophrenia sounding. It gave me big... Um, there's a game out called Hellblade Send with Sacrifice that deals a lot with schizophrenia. And they went did a lot of research. Um, and your character in that game has, the whole game is supposed to um, inspire mental health awareness. And the voices in her head are very much like Jessica's.
1: Well, I don't know if I'm willing. I, I do think that she obviously, obviously, because it talks about how she was uh, institutionalized recently before, institutionalized. Yeah. And, she got, and she left. And do they really, do they reference why she goes in?
0: They, they don't. They just she just says, "Oh, it's happening again."
1: Okay. Um, at some point, um, I mean, but you can also make a case for like she has, you know, she's got a massive anxiety disorder. You know what I mean? Like this is yeah. the '70s, so we're not, we're not. You're not really talking about anxiety back then. I get what you're I saying. Get you, but she's seeing bodies, she's hearing voices. Well, that's, she's that's well, very
0: she's, schizophrenic. She saw that woman, but that that girl was real. That girl was real, but she also saw that body which wasn't there. What and body? She goes, Where? When she thinks she saw the art dealer's body? No, she did that. That no, See, that's a thing. She disappears and she goes. See, no, cause she just, he disappears when she's on the rock and he goes, he doesn't, the husband doesn't see him at first or at all. They don't right. see that guy. And she goes, Oh no, it's happening again. Isn't it? It's happening again. See, That's what
1: she says. But here's the thing. Cause this is one of, this is my confusion with the movie. I don't get the scars. I don't understand the scars on the guys. Everyone's, everyone's well, so scars. She cuts to drink the blood. Clearly oh, she doesn't have teeth. Okay. I get that. She's a different kind of vampire. Right. But so she doesn't, she just, she doesn't turn no, none of them turned. Like. No, because it's not a good movie. <laughs> well, that's. Well, this they is don't explore
0: th- the vampire angle that much. They just mentioned, oh, she's a vampire. So she just randomly
1: picks some of these people to, to feed off of and they just accept it. I don't know about randomly. It seems like everybody in town. But it seems like top. everybody is evil. Everyone's. Everyone. Oh, everyone's a douchebag for sure.
0: No. It seems like everybody's enthralled, though, because at the end of the film, everyone's watching her. OK, and so you're she saying she daily. controls
1: them. Like
0: I say, possibly. I don't want to make excuses for this movie because it's not. I'm her. not. I, but I would say that yes, she controls them. They're all kind of her. um, Not Rembrandt. I always forget this dude's name. Renfeld.
1: Renfeld. They're all her Renfeld. See, I didn't think that the dorker, the dorker at the bottom of the. First of all, that is a terrible last name. <laughs> like I'm just like dorker. Really? That's the name we're coming up with. D- was dork not a big what word he, back you then? That, uh, dork. Yeah, that was that was that was a little. bit, I was. It's a little weird when I have to sit here and talk about Dorker. But anyways, (laughs) I didn't think that she that he was fake on the bottom there because the girl's real. So the girl waved her over to the to the the, if the girl is real and the girl waves her over to the cliff, she's showing her Dorker on the ground. So yeah. why would Dorker be not not real be dead down there? I don't get that. Well, I'm not saying he's not he was real I think he was really dead. Yeah. So oh that, for sure. Oh, yeah. you're just saying the fact that she says it's happening again. I think that okay. that means okay. that yes, before she All was right. seeing things and hearing that things. That makes sense. Yes. Well the movie can't be that bad, because it got Hancock the the Jaws 2 gig. It
0: got him he got fired well, he because got, he
1: wasn't good enough. <laughs> no, he got fired for a lot of a lot of a variety of reasons on the Jaws 2 mm-hmm. uh <laughs> I mean, he, what did he fire? He fired somebody. No, the one, the producer Scheinberg wanted Lorraine Gray, his wife at the time to be in the movie. more, right. And he didn't want to, um, I think he rewrote the script. It was a bunch of things that they changed. And then he fired somebody that happened to be the girlfriend of one of the execs. I think it was just like, I mean, granted you got a shot, you got a big shot to do jaws too. And he wanted to do a different jaws too than what they did, which I thought his idea was a little interesting. How Amity was a ghost town, Everything was boarded up. Nobody was there, but like none of the people who, in Amity wanted to board up their stores. They didn't want their storefronts blocked. So he, he, he felt he was fighting against that, but I actually liked his idea. I was like, oh, that makes sense. Cause nobody wanted to go to Amity more because of the, the, the shark, shark attacks. Shark attacks. Uh, but yeah, no, he got, he, he got the job for jaws too based upon how he shot that Lake scene with Jessica and the woman, how they, he used the woman underneath when she grabbed her. Yeah. That's how he got the job. Okay. What? What? You, you, it's, it's okay. It's oh, fine. Man. That shot's
0: fine. He did Prancer. It's fine. <laughs> like I say, it's shot fine, but the, it's cut weird. You don't get a lot of time with your characters. They has Jessica smiles the whole time. It just acts like so. Well, she's fun. fake. She's fake smiling. I get it, but it's just kind of like, uh, come on. Did you not like the her? husband? Makes no sense at all. I don't get the husband's motivation, his emotions, his acting, his dialogue. Nothing is real in terms of. Those characters they don't seem real; they seem there to have this plot go forward. It just doesn't it doesn't resonate with me It shouldn't resonate with anybody. Jessica sure, she's real, she's got mental health issues. The smiling is a little weird, a little much, but that's because she's trying to fake it. trying to fake it like act like everything's okay. but yeah it's just it's just the rest of it just doesn't work for me. I think it's it's underlying it's got a great idea, which is I think ahead of its time in terms of nineteen seventy one but it's just not a good movie. Right. Like the mouse,
1: which but is a mole. mole. Just call it a fucking mouse, well, they man. Well, they couldn't find it. They couldn't get a. It is a so, mouse. Scribble out mole and put uh, mouse. Uh, in yeah, I,
0: I didn't get the mole It's got thing. no eyes. You just had a close up of it.
1: I also don't understand uh, what Woody's doing. Like, I don't understand. So, hey, we bought this house. We need money. Right. Let's sell everything out of the house. You know, antique it. Okay. Okay. What's the orchard like? Do you not do you sell apples? Like, I think the plan is to sell apples. Okay, but so like, to run so, an But here's my thing: mm-hmm. Are you watering the apples? Are you poisoning? Are you killing the bugs? What are you doing exactly? He's, doing, he's putting insecticide on it. Right, but I don't understand why Woody was living with
0: them. He was helping the husband out while they were getting on their feet.
1: Okay, and he's right.
0: like, as long as I get a room and board or whatever, it's cool. Sure, okay. I think he's a hippie. He's no, I get it. I
1: get it. There's, there's a lot. Uh, That's the other part of this movie that um, that one of the themes that they're using in this film is kind of the hippie culture, the ending of the hippie culture, the death and corruption of the counterculture, kind of like how they didn't achieve what they wanted to achieve. So now it's time to get jobs, you lazy bastard. Well, you know, what? (laughs) but like that, like how, like when they have the hearse and you had that, they had the love thing on the hearse. Right. Yeah. then you see it again. It's been scrapped, scraped off by these old guys, like number one. Punch these old guys in the face. Oh, absolutely! You know and what I mean? Got like his foot on the, on yeah. the car. When I mean, they're just like, like, just and I get it. They're not actors. They're clearly not actors because they're half smiling all the time. Like okay. one of the dudes is always smiling. I'm just like, come on, man. No one set. <laughs> stop smiling. But um, just punch these guys in the face. I mean, these guys aren't going to do anything. They're like 70 years old, and yeah, they're, they're like, they're all like in your face. Like, just knock them down. But I get it. But it's uh, that whole idea of the counterculture just kind of like it didn't. They didn't achieve what they wanted to achieve, and and. I thought that was interesting. I like that in the movie, just but it's not like when they first show up and they drive in the hearse and everyone's staring and then they like they're driving around like yeah we, the station wagon was much expensive or whatever they said. It's yeah. like why are you being a jerk? Just just keep going, just keep driving stuff like that. So uh, you know I I I understand why that a lot of that stuff is in there and I understand the whole Woody aspect and Woody character. But like they meet Emily, she's there, she's in the house, she makes some excuse why she's there. And I guess I understand what you're saying about Duncan, about the the husband and his motivation. Like, what is he doing? What's he saying? Mm-hmm. But don't you have to think that maybe like Emily's influence is on her on him now at this point? Like, he, if if we're saying that the entire town is infatuated. Sure. And, and, yeah, I, I get when she comes down and he finally does, you know, the not, deed not that point, just I in general. That. Yeah, in
0: general, his infatuation. Sure. But his. The way he treats Jessica doesn't make sense. It's back and forth. It's all over the place. I don't understand.
1: Maybe he's just not a good husband. He quits his job at the Philharmonic to be with her in the country.
0: It's not that he's not a good husband. It's that he's not a good character. Mm -hmm. His character, they do not explore these characters at all. It's just completely just haphazard. I mean, Woody's there to die. Well,
1: why does he die and not?
0: get turn or whatever why does I think, he die i think woody dies because he was too infatuated with emily i okay. think she was just like come here i gotta get rid of you i've already played my hand with jessica so i'm i'm done with you when you're so and
1: your her whole her whole do you think that her whole goal i know you're gonna tell me i don't think they knew but i'm gonna ask you do you think emily's whole goal was to have jessica be by her side i think so okay Was well, it because isn't that
0: picture jessica uh, not jessica but it's Emily, another girl, and then... The the father. The, the father. I thought that was
1: her parents. No?
0: Well, yeah, but maybe she's trying to recreate that kind of family dynamic. The other okay. guys in the town are all old. Yeah. So maybe she just wants some more young people to be with okay. like vampires forever.
1: Right, right, right. Okay.
0: Like trying to recreate that photo, essentially. Recreate that family.
1: Right, right. Okay. Go,
0: go ahead. I cut off your train of thought in terms of... I don't remember what my train of thought was, <laughs> so that's fine. <laughs> no, I was just talking about how I think Woody was just there to die. That's what we're talking
1: about. Okay. I mean, yeah, right. I said my piece. I said my piece on Woody. I'm moving. Well, yeah, out. I think he's just there to die. Oh, poor Woody.
0: He's there to be our, our, our one victim of Emily. I do like when she discovers Woody
1: and he's like, Oh, that is a good shot. I like that. I couldn't tell. I mean, that was just him, but I, I don't think his neck was a prosthetic, obviously, but like when she stands there and then the, fuck, insecticide insecticide. like nails her. I was like, oh, come on. Oh, gross. I mean, at that point, obviously that's water. But like my whole thing is like when he was, he comes back when Emily kills him and he comes back in, it's like, I'm like, have you been in the fields for six hours doing insecticide? Like you've been out there that long? I'm like, yeah. (laughs) Yeesh. Because Jessica goes out. Jessica's in the attic. What he's
0: doing is insecticide. Yeah. Jessica goes to the water. Insecticide. Jessica runs back in the house and locks herself in the attic insecticiding <laughs> four hours goes by still insecticiding
1: she gets a ride into town <laughs> He's still out there it's the biggest orchard ever man so i know you said you didn't like the score but this is one of the first horror films to use a synthesizer to feature it in its score does that uh, help at all no 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 it's so bad how about that the in 2006 the chicago film critics association pronounced this movie as the 87th scariest film ever made does that does that help you at all? No, because it's not scary. Movie's Ooh. not good. It's not creepy, scary. No, really, no. Hmm. You didn't get when they were in the in the beginning of the movie when she was doing the the rubbings of the of the graves. Mm-hmm. You didn't get a Night, Night of Living Dead vibe. Absolutely, yeah. Okay, with the girl, the Night of Living Dead is fantastic. I, obviously, <laughs> <laughs> yes. So the
0: beginning, I was like, okay, that's interesting. But the, the the this is a lot of wasted potential in this film. Okay, and it's that's like this movie is clear. Clearly, it makes sense that this is like a nineteen seventies Schlock Grindhouse like hippie dive movie that was just got rewritten by a guy who wanted to elevate it past what it was. Was that clear because I told you it was, or was it clear when you were watching it? It's clear now to me. Okay. I mean, but it was, it's kind of like it it wants to be better than it is. Well, which is great, which is great. Okay. But it's not, and I don't think it can get past. I think maybe John Hancock tried to get, we call him John Hancock. That's his name. I get it. <laughs> it might be fake. It might, he might have, it might be a stage name. But it's clear that he wanted to elevate it beyond you know what it was. And I think his ideas are, are great. Mm-hmm. But I think at its base, it was still that schlocky grindhouse film. And I think it would have been better to just be that.
1: I don't think it would ever, it, well, how about, the, does it bother you? Maybe it bothers you that Jessica was purposely written as an unreliable narrator. Does that bother you at all with the story time? Like you can't trust her?
0: No, I think that's great. I think that really works because that makes it seem like, okay, is she just being tricked or or not? But I don't think they play with that idea enough okay. within outside of Jessica's psyche. That's Jessica keeps thinking that, but we get no hint that or twists or anything that make us want to think, Oh wow, maybe she is just being played with or maybe she is just going crazy other than what's being told to us through her narration.
1: I, I'm not, I, I'm not arguing with the like I I find the movie very intriguing and interesting. I'm not obviously they didn't hit on what they were trying to do a lot of times, but one of the reasons why I find it intriguing and interesting is just what its subject matter is, like what it's based on, like just the older book, the Carmilla book, what he's trying to do Um, he's taking chances with certain, like the unreliable narrator, the, the whole theme of the counterculture, uh, being corrupt and dying. I I probably want a little bit more of that. I think, I think if you kind of leaned on that part a little bit, maybe it uh, would have been. Sure. Like I said, this should be remade into a better movie. <laughs> the bone, the, the bone. For those who don't know, for those who don't know, Butler is sitting across from me with his arms folded. Like he's like, just like enough. <laughs> <laughs> like that's the look you're giving me right now. I don't look you're giving me right now. Movies that no, no, like. no, I'm not saying that. I'm saying like, I want me to put my arms? I'm not <laughs> saying that I'm, what I'm saying is that your, your body language is, is it's conveying just, how you feel. Listen, I
0: make excuses for a lot of movies and that always kind of pisses you off.
1: No, I, no, I no, can't no. Listen, but I can't make an it, excuse it for this. Pissing movie. me off for the sake of the podcast is different than I, pissing I, me I off. Get you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But
0: like I, I just I can't think of a way to to excuse this. not excuse You don't have movie. to.
1: Exactly. I just <laughs> I'm telling you. Yeah, exactly. That's 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 what I'm working <laughs> off of here. <laughs> that's what I'm working on. I'm just telling you that I love the stuff going into the movie it's probably more intriguing and interesting to me than what the output of the movie was. Yes. Maybe that's the case. I that, think it's yeah. got
0: great ideas. I love the mental health angle to it. I think that's fantastic. I really like that. I like the idea that maybe she's making all that up as well. Maybe she's being tricked or maybe it's just all in her head. Oh, that kind of goes along with the mental health issue kind of thing, but, but they don't explore that much. Mm-hmm. And it's very quick to go. Nope. Yep. She's a vampire. Let's go, which great. It's got to have a short runtime, but I would n- not want this movie to be much longer.
1: But well, we, I mean, we've talked about it countless times. About horror films, that you're looking at 90 to 100 minutes is your sweet spot.
0: Yeah, very few horror films
1: need to be two hours. No, abs- no horror films need to be two hours.
0: Well, horror thrill, like a like a sixth sense or even like a what lies uh, uh, beneath a uh, uh,
1: uh, horror like a, a genre mix. Yeah. yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, if I, I shouldn't say they should never be two hours, if you're going to go over, you if three you're three three going three. to be long, it better be worth it. Yeah. Let's put it that way. More horror films stumble when they go too long let's put it that's probably the best thing to say mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. do you think that
0: and i didn't see anything when i looked it up do you think that part of this that this movie may be inspired what lies beneath kind of
1: oh no what well, lies beneath is inspired by hitchcock is inspired by that's that that's a complete him doing hitchcock just completely that's that he said that yeah but
0: i there's <laughs> things in this movie that really kind of harkened back to what lies beneath to me.
1: Well, I think that, well, obviously the water angle, the water angle, yeah. of having the body. Yeah. Not no, the bodies. I mean, maybe, but like this, I think we talk about when last, not last year, the the first forgotten horror season, we did burn offerings and that mm-hmm. was a seventies film. And I've, I've discussed countless times on the podcast, how I prefer the seventies horror creep vibe kind of thing to get out. True. us. Like just kind of like not, I although I grew up on slasher, you know Jason and Freddy, I, I do like those movies. But I, be, the writer in me, the story guy in me, likes the '70s ones because I always there's more to the background. So I think that this is the beginning of that. I think you you not that, that just, I'm not saying this movie harkened that in, but I think this movie is evident of that time frame. It's one of them, yeah, sure, yeah. But I think what lies beneath, I think is is a nice mix of that. I think it's more of a thriller uh, than it is. If if what lies beneath was more horror. Mm-hmm. then thriller maybe yeah i could see that i think you could have more elements so like michelle pfeiffer talking to herself that kind of thing yeah but it that, that's more of a thriller
0: oh yeah it doesn't yeah yeah. yeah yeah but i was getting like a certain plot plot points and stuff kind of was like eh, it's kind of
1: similar. I, I like what lies beneath i know a lot of people don't like what lies beneath i do not like what beneath. i know you don't i i enjoy i liked seeing harrison ford as a bad guy because he's never A bad guy. Spoilers. Please. (laughs) He's never the bad guy. And it's nice to see. It was good. Like, oh, sweet. He's like the jerk. Like, he's like, you know, the bad guy. Right. And like, good. And it's like, because sometimes I'm not saying he does it, but sometimes some actors will only play certain roles. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? It's it's, it's good to see him change it up. Do you think that do you not like the title? Do you think the title adds to the confusion? Because the original title was just Jessica and one of the uh, Paramount execs. I think Frank Yablons, that's the name I have here, changed the title to Let's Scare Jessica to Death.
0: I mean, Let's Scare Jessica to Death is definitely going to get more butts in the seats. It's definitely going to be like, ooh, to death. All right, all right. So horror- <laughs> all right. Let's watch this. Jessica doesn't really
1: convey like. Well, they failed. Right. Well, supposedly. Well, yeah, unless she's stuck on the water. I mean, I don't know. What, what are you supposed to assume after that? She's just going to rowboat over?
0: Well, I think she's going back into an institution. I think mean, that kind of broke her. No one's going to believe her. No, yeah, no one's yeah. gonna believe her. She she's murdered her husband. Yeah, I didn't They'll find him. I
1: didn't understand that. Like,
0: why why was that the last thing? I was wondering too, either no, no matter what, she kills him. Yeah. So that's the whole point of but that. But he was already t- so either he was so enthralled he was just trying to get her back. Yeah. Or he had snapped out of it and was trying to get to her. I assume that you can't snap out of it. Oh, so man, that's the thing. Who cares? The whole point <laughs> is that she kills him and that's all you need.
1: <laughs> Hooks him to death in the spine. Oh, she, oh she yeah, she that's right. That's right. right well that's what I was showing what did she used again, but yeah, she did use she that like uh the, like fish hook the thing. Fish hook thing. <sighs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that did look good. That part? Because it was like she was it definitely hitting something chunky in that bathroom. I was like, ooh,
0: <laughs> ooh, right in the spine. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so I mean, obviously you think it's forgotten because it's it's bad. That's what you think it's yes. forgotten. That that's your that's that's your big that's your thing. I think it's forgotten because although it, it
0: deals with issues that I think would really work in a film now um especially a lot of horror films now that's the big thing is dealing with mental health issues i think the acting is not good not great okay i think that the characters are undefined other than
1: maybe jessica i think that the well you don't get the sense you don't know why duncan left you don't get the idea that he left the philharmonic for her unless you read the synopsis Yes, he's got a big giant bass, which is not great to pull out at parties when you're playing the guitar. I love that. Oh, you're it playing didn't guitar. Really go along it's with like that he's
0: got a good song. Well, uh, <laughs> let me play some Simon and Garfunkel here. <laughs> do, 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 boop, boop. This yeah. is not jazz, dude. <laughs>
1: Yeah, so uh, I I don't think they ever really said- They uh, say he left the Philharmonic. Did he? Hey, oh, he used to work with the Philharmonic. Yeah, okay, fine. But you don't, you never, he didn't- Will you ever go back there? Oh, maybe one day. But right now I'm, i am I got the orchard. I'm a okay. man of nature. See, I didn't really get, I didn't really pick up on that in terms of like, I left for her kind of thing. I left for Jessica. But you don't get him. that because you don't
0: believe that they're a
1: couple because <laughs> that's not, you don't explore that enough.
0: Yeah. <laughs> But I, I think that's a big reason. I think you look at movies like Burnt Offerings, which is fantastic, mm-hmm. similar time periods, similar style, similar creep factors, similar tone. There are other movies that have come out at this time that are bigger, better films, um, that have, have life's beyond what when it came out and maybe have had directors and actors who have done more afterward. Whereas this doesn't don't really have that. Like Burn Offerings has um what's his face?
1: As Oliver Reed, Reed and, but yeah. but also Karen Black and Betty Davis, Lee Montgomery, Burgess Meredith. Yeah, a it's got it's
0: got cast. It's got people. Sure, you know other other ones have the the luck of having a director who really goes on to do a lot of stuff afterward. Right, right. Or uh, you know uh, they spawned yeah. numerous sequels. Which let's care Jessica to jet death really even if it was and I'm not this isn't to say it's not a good film although I don't think it is. That <laughs> I'm just saying. It's not getting sequels, and I'm not saying that because I think it's a bad movie. It's not getting sequels because it doesn't call for it. Sure. I think it'd be very hard to give it a sequel unless you're just doing Emily's character again, enticing another girl somewhere.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, it, it's a, it's it's a cult classic. It's exactly. definitely a cult classic. Yeah. I mean, it came out on Blu-ray by the Screen Factory last year, January 2020. Um, so, I think that if Hancock didn't get fired from Jaws 2, like if he actually did Jaws 2 his obviously his career path would have been different. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering if, if that was the case, if this movie would have got more play because you do jaws too. It's going to be successful because it's the sequel. You know what I mean? Right. You're going to get another film. He, you know, you're going to start getting the eighties horrors. Like he's going to start getting those type of films and people are going to go back to let's scare Jessica to death and be like, Oh, this is his first one. It's like, I'm just, it's, it's fascinating about how things become how stuff happens, right? like like he had a huge opportunity. you do this movie for one hundred and eighty thousand two hundred and fifty thousand in Connecticut. It's just you and a bunch of theater actors. you put it together, you do something, and it catches the eye of Paramount and you get offered a sequel to one of the biggest summer films of all time, and you lose the job, whatever, if it's not your fault, if it is your fault, whatever, you know right. and you lose that gig, and it's like, what could have been like i just I wonder I wonder if is this is this hancock's best film like would this have been his best film probably not he probably had a better film in him mm-hmm. you know what i mean like he's done other stuff i'm not i mean listen he's, he's had better he's, slowly yeah no no, i get you so, but I, i'm just saying i'm wondering what would have happened if he completed jaws 2 and he he was able to do what he wanted to do like where would he have gone i mean that's just that's it's just it, that's fascinating to me i i don't know i don't know why i don't know why it just is I like a lot of this stuff. One day you'll make a small film and will get picked up and then you'll make Joe's eight. Not at (laughs) all. I'll totally do Joe's eight. I'll do any bad sequel. I don't care. Uh, But I just, you know, I, (laughs) I I I know I have a soft spot for indie films. And if there was a spinoff for Forgotten Cinema where I'm just sitting here, it would be called indie film and that's all I'm doing you is talking about defend indie them film. All. Uh, you wouldn't be on that. <laughs> <laughs> but yes. Um but I, I just there's a lot of stuff that circles this film that fascinates me. And I, I agree with you. I'm not sitting here telling you this film is fantastic. It's got you know, but like I, I am interested in what everything went into the film and beyond the the I, I it is forgotten for a lot of the reasons you said. I don't think it's very flashy. I don't think it's one of the top films of the seventies in this genre. In this, you know, I understand that people are saying it's the scariest film ever made. I don't know because you know I'm this. We're talking that's forty years ago, you know, fifty for fifty years ago. Holy Do crap! Do you have to pull up the horror movies of the seventies? No, I'm just saying it's <laughs> like what what people watched up until this, you know what I mean? Like, sure. Why, why it would get like the, one of the, one of the people would think is one of the scariest films ever made because of just like what came before and, and just kind of like what they're used to in a horror film. And then you have this film. That's all. I just find that fascinating. I find the historic history of film fascinating in terms of like what hits, what doesn't hit. Sure, what, yeah. what, that's all. That's, that's all, all, right. all I'm saying. Oh, it's okay. You cannot like the film, Butler. It's all right. I like how defensive you get when I don't like something. I'm I'm not defensive. I'm, I'm, I'm I'm simply trying to, (laughs) I'm simply trying to give the people that are listening and you just why I don't feel the same way you do. Uh, Maybe, maybe I'm just, I'm viewing it from a different angle. That's probably what I'm saying. That's all. That's all I'm saying. I, I, that's all I don't, I don't, I didn't come away from this film being like, eh, like you, I came away when I went to the facts and started looking into it. I, I found that more fascinating. Maybe that's what it, maybe if I watch it again, I'd probably fall asleep or something like that. I think you find the career of John D. Hancock. more I So just, fascinating that it makes I just can't believe movie. you got draws 2 from this. I, what happened? Like, I just. Well, clearly you saw. He, I read some of the stuff. You pissed off too many people. But like we talk about all the time when you read stuff on the internet, you don't know what, what's real yeah, and what's but not you gotta real. You play ball, man. Oh, no, I get you. No, listen, I get, look at Rogue One. Oh, I know. Listen, I get a chance to do something <laughs> like that. I'm going to be like, whatever. Yeah, okay. absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Sir. Yeah. No, nah. you got to build up that credit before of you course. can really. Yeah. Yeah. No, I hear. I, but some people can't. I mean, I, I remember quick story. I won one. <laughs> back in the, well, maybe this is like 15 years ago. I optioned a script, one of the scripts I wrote, not for a lot of money, so calm down everyone. I optioned a <laughs> script and I was sitting with the producer and we were just talking about like what she wanted to do with the movie and I was like, whatever you want, that's fine. But she started telling me how she was working, she's on another movie where this, they got this guy and he had done a short film and this, it was his first director, director, directed movie he was doing with her. Yep. And the, budget was a million dollars and, and they were ready to go. And he walks down. He's like, I can't do this for t- I need 10 million. I need more ah. to do this. I'm just like, he said, and she's like, yeah. And so like, we just, uh, and she was like, I'm like, are you kidding me? This is his first. And he wanted a ten. He wanted more budget? movie. He wanted more money. This is his first movie. He wanted more money right off the bat. I'm like, are you just not want a career? Is that, is that what you're doing here? I mean, I, I understand, I understand it's, it's, it's an art form. It's art. But it's also a business. It's called show business. So oh, I yeah. Just, I don't I don't get that. 10x so. the money. I don't. Yeah. I, I don't even think the movie ever got made. Christopher Nolan wouldn't even 10x his budget. Yeah. And the script that I like. What's funny is it was the Max Fleming script. That's oh, really? OK, cool. And she was like, would you mind changing the character's name? Would you mind changing the character's gender? And I was like, huh? whatever you want. I'll, whatever you want well, to do to be make the Max movie Fleming is a gender neutral name. So I don't care. I said <laughs> I, I wrote I actually I actually wrote that script four or five different ways with different character different types of characters different names Different, and I was like whatever you want is fine I don't just make the movie I don't care what you do yeah. I, I'm not like it's not like no this is my opus it's like no whatever <laughs> you want is fine I understand the I understand the name of the game there but yeah so that's probably why I'm you got Jaws too, man what happened <gasps> anyways well that's the end of Forgotten Horror Butler um do you have any thoughts about the... Do uh, we do a little quick recap of what the four films we did? or Ooh, No, sure. We didn't do that last time. I mean, it's a yeah. kind of like a
0: serial thing. I like that we did... I don't think I saw a single one of the films... Yeah, I didn't see a single one of these films that we chose. This is the only one I never saw. I had not seen a single one which is the first time out of the three years. You picked you pick the Carpenter films. So. I didn't re- uh, to be f- I picked the Sam Neil <laughs> film and the Carpenter <laughs> film. I, for- I didn't realize it was a Carpenter film what was because, because it, it didn't <laughs> seem like a Carpenter film from the trailers I had seen. Right, right. For In the Mouth of Madness obviously. Uh, but I like it. I think we had a good mix. Yeah. I don't think any of the films we watched were particularly scary. Although Maybe Creepy. Prince of
1: Darkness had a good creep factor. I can't, I'm blanking on the second one. What did we do? What was the second film the darkness.
0: darkness was the second film wasn't it no that was the. F- oh that was the first whoa, prince whoa. of darkness uh 30 days a night oh that's
1: right okay yeah yeah let's get this. uh yeah 30 days a night had a lot of jump scares this is jump scares, and i remember it better than it when we watched it i think that was like i know we did that episode two three weeks ago but right uh yeah i i in the mouth of madness yeah it's creep. a lot of creep a lot of creepy vibes in this, this, this season, yeah. which is cool. We don't really pick a lot of slasher films on our list. It's tough because bad slasher films are
0: bad and good <laughs> slasher films are good. Although there are a few slasher films that I think nobody talks about that maybe we can put on the list for next year.
1: Yeah, but every time you, like for instance, when you talk about Freddy, Nightmare on Elm Street. First one, obviously the classic, but they always talk about the third one. The third one's pretty good. Yeah, that's I what I'm saying. Dream. No, was the third one Dream Warriors? I believe. so, yeah. yeah, everyone talks, but like everyone knows that, so it's really not a forgotten. That's you know, the yeah, thing. Yeah, Freddie, yeah. Freddie's great because he's such a
0: he's such a exuberant. Slasher and sure. everyone else is just a quiet. Well, he's always crack wise cracking. Crack, yeah. Because crack, you had Jay before you who really said that. Nothing. Yeah,
1: you had Jason who said nothing, and Mike Myers who said nothing. And then Freddie comes along and it's just like he's like, you know, riffing and stuff like that. Yeah. Freddie, you know, Robert England, like, you know, just choose Amps that scene. Up. Oh, that yeah, of course. Awesome. And then you get Hellraiser and
0: Hellraiser kind of does the same thing, but in a
1: more like. Yeah, Hellraiser is more like, um, he just, he says, he talks, but he's not like. Uh, he's not funny. Uh, yeah, yeah, Pinhead. He doesn't, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I know his name's not Hellraiser. I just, <laughs> yeah, his name that wasn't really Pinhead, and that just kind of. I know, but that's yeah, that's how everyone
0: knows him. <laughs> that's why in the second one they call him Pinhead. And just, that's oh,
1: not his name. Poor that's just, <laughs>
0: uh But yeah, but but there are some slashers out there with characters that just never really got sequels or that many sequels that are, are pretty good. We can look at.
1: No, I just stuff curious in the early 70s what we pick, as well. what we
0: choose. Yeah no, yeah, no, we do tend to choose more creepy, and I think, like you said, it's it's. The writer in you it's it's the story oh totally that in me it's, it's totally that, it's that that creepy vibe i think is more important than just having jump scares or a lot of blood on screen right right being said i also love evil dead where they just throw gallons and gallons of blood
1: well you know well i'm trying to think one, two, three, four. Oh, sorry Butler. It's only four next year <laughs> we'll
0: get to five again we'll do a five again
1: uh, that must come around like whatever one every four years probably well if if the podcast is still going out. always <laughs> <laughs> all right so um i guess I'll let everyone know where they can find us you can find us
0: at forgotten cinema podcast.com or forgotten entertainment.com as we are part of the forgotten entertainment family you can also find us on the socials instagram facebook uh join the lobby it's our facebook group where we talk about films we just had in our when we're recording this we just had an argument about Dante's Peak and volcano Peak Peak's uh, better yeah, I think my mom reignited the flame within him and now uh, he's all about it. <laughs> so if you want to uh, give us your take on whether Dante's Speaker of Volcano is better or that I'm completely wrong about my take on Let's Scare Jessica to Death and I'm just an idiot who doesn't know movies, please go to the lobby and uh, let's talk about it. Uh, and then on Instagram, we have posts every week. We field post some of the facts about the movies as well, right before it comes out. So if you want those in writing, um, or <laughs> maybe a little bit of a deeper, more factual fact
1: that might be interesting. Like they use this kind of blood in something that's where that's going to be. So check all that out. So this is the end of season 10. The forgotten horror always ends it out. And we are starting season 11 next year, next year, mm. next week, excuse me. <laughs> uh, we're kicking off with a movie from 1996, the ghost and the darkness. Uh, starring Michael Douglas and Val Kilmer. And I have always mispronounced it as The Ghost in the Darkness. Wow. Yep. Interesting. Well, join us next week where Butler learns how to say the name of the movie correctly. I already did. I just oh, learned it. There Come on. <laughs> All right. We'll see you next week. I'm Mike Field. I'm Mike Butler. And this has been Forgotten Horror. Back to Forgotten Cinema next week. Keep it spooky, y'all. For one more year. <laughs> <laughs> Keep it spooky, y'all. Happy Halloween. <laughs> <laughs>